Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. I've talked before about ASIC cracking down on greenwashing, where funds might be misrepresenting the environmental credentials or sustainability of a financial product. And it goes beyond finance and investing to any company making environmental claims. It's something we're going to hear plenty more about as more companies focus on their ESG credentials. It emphasizes the importance of transparency, of good, clear communication, and supporting claims with proof. Kian Tracy is the Chief Executive of Sustainable Choice Group. Part of the group is a web platform called sustainabilitytracker.com. Kian, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me all about Sustainability Tracker. What is it? Where did it come from? Where did the idea come from? So sustainabilitytracker.com is a web platform that is intended to centralise and democratise sustainability information for businesses, sort of like your one-stop shop for sustainability for consumers, for potential employees, for investors, for anybody who wants to get a peek under the covers of what a business is doing. And it gives businesses an opportunity to communicate and talk about the things that they're doing without having to put it on a billboard and risk that they're greenwashing, but actually having all of the information published on a public platform. And it's designed in line with the ACCC's guidelines around greenwashing to help business. It's sort of got guardrails in it to help businesses avoid greenwashing as they're uploading content to it. The idea came about three and a half years ago. I'm a media and marketing person by trade and working with some clients who wanted to do marketing campaigns around sustainability. And at the time, I didn't know anything about it. And I said, oh, it feels a little bit risky. Give me a bit of time to look into it and see if we should be sort of doing a big marketing campaign around this. And I said, I don't think we're ready for that yet because there's still a few things to tick off. And then my client said to me, well, where do we put this information? How do we tell our story? How do we get it out there? And I said, I honestly don't know. Let me go and look into it. And um, I started looking for this central web platform to publish this data and it, it didn't exist. And I felt that it should and that it would one day. And all of a sudden I was on my way building it. So yeah, it sort of just sprung from an idea one day. And then minutes later, I was writing a brand strategy on how we were going to do it. Wow. Okay. So let's take me through how it works. I know John West, the seafood company is on the platform. Maybe you could use that as an example of how sustainabilitytracker.com works. So it's a, it's a search platform. So you can go in there and search for particular brands if you're interested in looking up a particular brand. If you want to understand the credentials of one of your favourites, you can search that way. Or you can look up Tuna, for example, and you can see which brands on, the web, on our website have Tuna. And the idea is a business will publish the credentials that they have, what is true and what they have. And so it's different for every different business. In the case of John West, they publish information about the Marine Stewardship Council and how they operate, how they source the seafood that they put into a number of the brands um, their parent company Simplot owns and how they source more responsible seafood. And then in other cases of other businesses, it might be that they are carbon neutral and they might want to have that report available of their carbon neutrality. Others might be B Corp certified and so they can put that on their profile. So it's really about saying, you know, there's there's no one size fits all approach and there are hundreds of different frameworks and SBTIs and all sorts of different ways that, you know, different businesses report on their sustainability. 
So we haven't restricted that as to sort of how you must do it. It's about being transparent about what you have. And then, as I mentioned earlier, with regards to supporting those claims, we have tools in there where you can upload your certificate, where you can break things down by their product life cycle, where you can upload your reports so that it's all on a single destination, it's easy to manage, and it's on a public platform where anybody can access it so that consumers can find it, so that you can put your hand up and say, you know, we're, we're not perfect, but here's what we've got. We're transparent about it. We've got nothing to hide. And I think that's what's the biggest thing that's happening right now is about this crippling fear for businesses to talk about sustainability because they're not finished. And there's no such thing as finished. So, you know, it's about starting the conversation. Okay. So the provenance of what the companies are saying, we are relying on the companies, Ben, it sounds like that you're encouraging them to upload and provide the proof as well. Is that right? Correct. Yep. It's a self-reporting tool. So obviously there are parameters around the, the level. They may need to be completely honest and they sign a whole bunch of agreements around that. But we allow the businesses to self-report, to upload their own information, to communicate the way that they want to. And yes, and it's designed that they can upload the certificates and the proofs. So if they say they're carbon neutral, for example, this is where you can put your reports and your certificates and your third-party certifiers to show that that's actually true. Okay. Have you had a lot of interest from both companies and then also from the public or people who potentially want to know information about the green credentials of an organisation or an asset? Yeah, it's been really varied, I think. So there's a a lot of consumer interest in things like fashion, of course. Mm -hmm. There's a movement around FMCG as well. I think people are starting to think a lot more about what's in their trolley. But I think also what we're finding more than we probably expected is that businesses who are wanting to look more into their supply chains as well and just be able to understand who's aligned with the work that they do. So the way that the platform works is it could connect you. So in the case of John West, if you're a member of the Marine Stewardship Council, which they are, the Marine Stewardship Council has a page on our platform with all of their members. So it's about building this network and connecting businesses together so that they can see, you know, where they stack up against others, I guess, and who else is in their community and has aligned values. Stay with me, Kian. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Kian Tracy, CEO of Sustainable Choice Group. Are you seeing, with the, I mean, it's interesting with the companies coming on board, uh, is there a big diversity of how people are thinking about ESG? I, mean, I don't want to say greenwashing, but I mean, the, the sort of the green hushing concept. It is, it's wild. So we've, we recently launched the Leaders in Sustainability Network, which is another platform in the Sustainable Choice Group, because there's just been so much confusion and fear around what do we do? How do we do it right? How do we communicate it? We're not ready to communicate it yet. You know, most of the businesses that we talk to will say, we love this. We really want to be on your platform. We're just not ready yet. Mm. And I think what happened recently with regards to what ASIC's been saying is, is that that's not really an excuse anymore, The we're yep. not ready yet. And the silence is, is as good as greenwashing. And uh, I think that's an important step because we cannot have fundamental change while we are accepting silence. Okay. I mean, this then brings things like standard language and terminology and 
it's a nascent industry, so there's a long way to go here. But surely the goal eventually is to be able to go to the website and actually be able to compare apples and apples. At the moment, I'm sure it's apples and bananas or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, that was, you know, day one, I thought I was building a comparison site. That's what I wanted to do. But the more we dig into it, the more we realise that the data is so fragmented and decentralised and different. It is actually physically impossible to do that right now. Absolutely, it's the goal. What I thought we would be building, I still think we are, but I think that the industries are so far behind being ready to actually have this like-for-like information. We're getting closer and the ACCC has recently shared some ideas around what they consider to be greenwashing And it's helpful for us because it means that we got some guidelines coming about what is right and wrong. And we've been able to build that into the platform. What we've actually got coming up possibly in the next couple of weeks to be released is a little tool that as you're adding words into it, it'll start telling you, it'll flag if something is an ACCC suggested greenwashing term. So, you know, if you say this is a much greener alternative, we'll put a little flag on there that says you might want to check that. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I mean, just quickly, your business model, the companies pay to be on the tracker? They do, yeah. It's an annual membership fee. Okay. You mentioned that you had a background in marketing earlier on. It just uh, piqued my interest in terms of using ESG and green credentials to market products. And there seems to be, certainly in the investing world, there's a lot of that. But even outside the investing world, there seems to be a lot of marketing via ESG or at least using ESG. Yes. And I think it's problematic for so many reasons. Um, I'm the biggest advocate of you shouldn't be silent and you shouldn't be silenced. But also the use of it in marketing, I think one of the big things that gets missed in all of the um, education around what is greenwashing and what isn't greenwashing, I think is context. For me, you know, if you've built a a solar farm and that's, you know, 10% of your energy usage, that's awesome. That's a good news story. But you cannot put a picture of a solar farm on the front of the pack if people feel that what they are buying is 100% made with renewable energy. Whereas if you're writing an article and you're explaining, hey, this is what we've done, we've done all this great work, and this is now going to contribute 10% renewable energy to our production, that's a different story. So I think marketing and communicating about sustainability are two very, very different things. Interesting. Now, I can't let you go, Kian, without mentioning that this week you're launching a podcast on with Nova Entertainment. It's called Sustainable Transformation. What's it about? So this was born from me having amazing conversations with business leaders every day who were talking about their ESG transformations and realising that it seems like it's wasted on only me hearing it. And so what I do is I'm chatting with different business leaders, sustainability leaders, anybody from Bed Footwear, which comes out this week, through to Telstra or Coles and just different organisations and asking them, how did you do it? Where did you start? What were the challenges? so that other businesses can learn from that experience and maybe so that we as consumers can start to understand the the depth of work that goes into it and why some businesses make the choices that they make. Kian, good luck with that and thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was Kian Tracy, Chief Executive Officer of Sustainable Choice Group. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.